Colossians chapter 4, Colossians chapter 4. These are the uh, final greetings, if you will, of the Apostle Paul to the church here in Colossians. Most, Paul, for the most part, he, he'd done this a lot in his letters when he, when he opened up and when he closed. He greeted people when he opened up, and a lot of times in his letters he, he had a final greeting, and he wanted to thank some people and, and just to remember some things. And that's what he was doing here in this, in this final chapter here of, uh, of Colossians chapter 4. Now, I won't get all these names correct. If, if, if you're a Bible scholar and you can say all these names, and you can correct me after the service, not during the service. All right? And so in verse number 7, the Bible says, Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant of the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Or that name there right there, my fellow prisoner greets you with Mark the cousin of Barnabas about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphrius, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, also laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you. And those who are in Laodicea and those who are in Heropolis, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea, Nephus, and the church that is in his house. Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle of Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. Grace be with you. Amen. When Paul wrote this, this, these final greetings here, he, he wanted this church here strengthened. That was his whole purpose. And I, every, every Wednesday night, we've been going back to the, to the fact in chapter 1 where we know that Paul was in, was in jail, basically. He was in a, in a dungeon when he wrote this letter to the Colossians. He hadn't met this group of people yet. He hadn't been to Colossians. But he heard about them. He heard about their good works. He had heard about the things that they were doing. He had heard about the things that they had learned, and it was the truth. It was a good thing that they were doing. But by and by, as we normally are, you know, the children of Israel, when you read the Old Testament, the children of Israel, they always got into trouble, didn't they? You always find the children of Israel in trouble, and God had to send a prophet or send somebody to help them get them out of trouble. They stayed out of trouble for several hundred years or thousands of years or whatever, then they back into trouble again. They, it just seemed to be an up and down thing with the children of Israel. And really, we are no different if we really look at, at mankind and human nature sometimes. This group of people were the same way. They were doing a good work, but they allowed, they were allowed false teachers to come in. They allowed things to come in that sort of took them away from the truth that they had knew to be right. And, and, and basically, if you really sum up this, this, this book here, Paul wrote this to strengthen the believers of that day, to encourage the believers of that day. Basically telling them, hey, look, guys, what you're doing is okay. What you're doing is good. What you're doing is the right thing, so stay with it. Don't leave the truth. Don't leave what you've been taught. 
Don't leave what you know to be right. It, is, it has brought you up to this point. Don't leave it. Stay with it here. And so he was, he was strengthening this by, by, by letting them know, so you're, you're, doing a, you're doing a good thing. Whether you use your hands, whether you use your presence, whether you use your faithfulness to serve others, keep doing what you're doing. I want to come. I want to send people your way. I want you to read this letter, read this epistle, but not only to you, but to those in the church and everywhere else. Just, just let everybody know that they're doing the right thing. And so for us, it ought to be an encouragement to us as well. We need help from our friends, don't we? We, need, we constantly need help and encouragement from our friends. We need one another, matter of fact. We need to lock arms with one another as the body of Christ. Now, I want to play you, John, are you able to do that? I want to play you a couple of songs. These are not Christian songs. These are secular songs. And, and, and I'll tell you the, why I want to play them. Just play, I, I don't know if you, is it the words or just the music that you've got? Just the music. Okay, that's good. I, I think you'll know what these songs are. And I want you to see how fast you can pick them out. And then I want to make a point of why I want to I, I'm, I'm play this. So go ahead with this first one here. Tell me when somebody knows it. Come on, Marilyn. What is it? Oh, don't. Yeah, you can't answer. A little help from my friends. There's a little group called the Beatles. Everybody remember the Beatles? And they wrote this. We need a little help from our friends. All right? So there's, there's another little song that maybe we brought it up uh, a little more modern. It's still an old song. But uh, see if you know this one. little country and western song by a guy by the name of Garth Brooks. I got friends in low places. Okay. You cut it off. Friends in low places. I got friends. Oh, I got friends in low place. Y'all remember that, right? Anybody ever heard that song? Have you not heard that song? Anybody not heard that song? You got to be kidding me. Okay. <laughs> if there's anybody else, I'd have believed him, but not you. <laughs> Okay, the Beatles, the Beatles in 1967, this was a hit for them. I, I need a little help from my friends. Garth Brooks in 1990 had this hit. I, I got friends in low places. But sometimes that's, that's sort of the, the, the cliche of the song. We miss the other part of the song. Let me give you some of the lyrics of some of this other chorus of this song with the Beatles. Uh, you know, we, we, we got to have a little help from my friends. I get by with a little help from my friends. I get high with a little help from my friends. I'm going to try a little help from my friends. It wasn't all a real good pleasant song. It talked about all kinds of things, but maybe that's not the kind of help from our friends that we're looking at. Garth Brooks had this song, I Got Friends in Low Places. I'm not even going to repeat all the rest of it because it's, it's sort of, you know, it, it, it goes, it, it takes you the, the genuine country and western song and takes you and you lost everything and you, you know, you can't get nothing back kind of thing. That's, a, that's your normal country, country song right there. Well, when we're talking about friends, when Paul here was talking about these friends in Colossians reading this letter, when a person is lost or a person is saved, we understand and we should understand the value of a friendship. We ought to understand that there is value of a friend that really can't be underestimated at times. When you really have a friend, you've got something there that money won't buy. You know what I'm talking about. When there's friends that'll stick with you, and then these final greetings of Paul, he gives us a little insight of some of his friends. 
he gives us a little insight of some of the guys. Now, some of these guys are talked about in other parts of the Scripture. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. When you look in Colossians uh, chapter 4, verse 7, we, 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 we get to the closing here of this letter. Uh, and uh, as I said, from Paul to this church. And it's not uncommon, as we said, at, at the end of, uh, end of Paul's letter to, for him to, to talk about uh, uh, thanking people for their service to God and thanking people for what this one done for him. And, and you were a help to me. You brought uh, parchments and you brought my cloak and all of these things that we read about many times. And even though Christ, really, we know that really he is all that we need and there's nobody else that, that'll, that'll take the place of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do need friends at times. It's wonderful to have a friend. It's wonderful to have somebody that you can depend on. It's wonderful to have somebody that you can, that'll stick with you through the good times and even stick with you through the bad times. It's wonderful to have a friend that you can tell things to that you don't have to worry that it's going to show up down there at the, at the gossip uh, 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 cafe or the, or, the, or the gossip store or whatever. You know, they're going to keep it to themselves because it's a friend. And so God, ch God's church is strengthened every day, day by day, by people who use their hands, by people who use their presence, by people who use their faithfulness, and by people that serves one another. How many knows that you were sent to serve? You were not sent to soak. You were sent to serve. It's wonderful to soak. We enjoy, we, we, we had some of that Sunday morning. We soaked in the presence of God. But, but you already know, this is not new to you, you already know that what you receive Sunday is something that you need to give out. You need to allow God to what he's placed in you to give it out to somebody else. Because what he's blessed you with, he and me, he means for you to bless somebody else with, right? He means when God blesses you with an abundance, he doesn't mean for you to keep it. When God blesses you with, with above and beyond, he doesn't mean for you just to hoard it up somewhere. He meant for you to bless somebody with it. That's the joy of being a friend, and that's the joy of being in service for somebody else. Now, there's a value in great friendships. Friends, even who, who help us through service, through their service. Names that's hard to pronounce, like it's in this, in, this, in this chapter here. They sound even boring sometimes until you understand a little bit about their history. When you look in verse number 7 and verse number 8, it talks about a guy by the name of Tychicus, if, if that's how you pronounce that name. The Bible talks about this guy as being one of Paul's trusted assistants, a close friend. The Bible talks about this guy as being this, uh, a right-hand man who is responsible for connecting the people to Paul. He worked as a connector together. It's important that we connect with one another, right? And so this guy worked with that. He was a beloved guy, the Bible talked about. He was a faithful guy. He was a servant kind of guy. He was a guy that, was, that brought comfort to the Apostle Paul in times of need. This is one of the friends that he talked about. There's another guy in verse number 9 that he talked about in Onesimus. This guy was, the Bible said, was a runaway slave who Paul led to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is now his assistant in training. He learned something from the Apostle Paul. He needed a friend, the Apostle Paul, at his lowest point. And even this guy needed a friend at his lowest point, and God brought these guys together. And the Apostle Paul showed grace and not justice to this runaway slave. I don't have time to talk about all of that, but you just don't do that in, in biblical days. And as a result, Onesimus here is a man that is now serving the Lord. It in contacts important for us as God's people. They are. 
They're, all, they're very important. You never know who you're going to meet that you can share the love of Jesus Christ and who they know that they can share the love of Jesus with, right? It sort of works as a domino effect if, we're not, if, 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 we can, if we can call it that, and it should. When we share the love of Christ with somebody, we want that person then to share the love of Christ with somebody else. And it's amazing when you connect all the dots who everybody knows and when they heard the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it, when, you, when you really think about it, we really do live in a small world. Yes, Somebody one time said that we're only really four people away from knowing everybody in the world. Have you, have you ever thought about that? That's, that's amazing. What are you talking about, Pastor? That means you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Four, four people away from knowing anybody and everybody on planet Earth. That's powerful when you think about it. And when you look at it from a, from a biblical standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint, it's really powerful when you share the Lord Jesus Christ with somebody and then they take it to their two or three buddies, right? And they begin, it's, that's why the gospel, that's why you and I are here today. Amen. I mean, it all started with these 12 guys that Jesus just poured his life into. And really, he just honed it down to even three guys, his inner circle. But these 12 guys then discipled and evangelized the world. And that's why you and I are here today. When you look down in verse number 12, there's another friend of Paul by the name of Epaphras. This guy, some theologians say that this guy may be the founding pastor of the church of Colossia. Maybe the founding pastor who now is with Paul. And he's using his opportunity to learn from Paul, to, to gain insight. But he serves Paul. And God, and God is a powerful prayer warrior, the Bible talked about. He prayed consistently. He was fervent in his prayer. He was personal in his prayer. He was specific in his prayer. prayer. This Epaphras, and he's talked about in other places. We look down in verse number 15. There's a guy by the name of, of Nymphus. Some translations, they don't know if this guy is a, a male or a female, but he was a friend of Paul, whoever he may be. We don't know for sure who this guy is, but it's clear that this guy or whoever he may be opened up their house as a meeting place where Paul could gather with other people and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You <clears throat> see, we hear names sometime like George Washington. And even though these names are great, and Benjamin Franklin, and John Adams, and, and Paul Revere, and all these guys, they're, they're, they're guys that we know about from history that make a, a huge impact in our culture and in our history in the Revolutionary War. We hear about a lady by the name of Nancy Hart who was a, who was a scout and the first spy of the Confederate Army. We hear about a guy by the name of James Armistead who was an African-American slave who served this Continental Army in the American Revolutionary War as a double agent. And we hear about these names and they're wonderful friends of our nation and wonderful comrades of, of the war of that day, of making sure everything right. But can I tell you that according to Scripture, it takes all body parts to make the church a working testimony. Whoever, you may be a runaway slave. You may be just a prayer warrior. You may be somebody that can teach the gospel. You may be somebody that can preach the gospel. You may be somebody that is no good with crowds, but boy, you're dynamite one-on-one. And it takes all of us to be able to share the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul understood this. See, the church can't be the church that Jesus wants the church to be without and unless you and I have unity with one another. I can't do what you can do. And you can't do what I can do. But together we can do a whole lot, can't we? Now, Paul knew that. 
That's why he was writing this letter to this church, because he understood the, the, the potential there. He understood the power that was there in that congregation. He understood that if they got it right and they stayed with the truth, the gospel was going to be spread, and that nation and that city and that community was going to be one to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just wonder if we got on fire enough in Blavel. I don't know how many people's here tonight. You know, 40, 50, whatever. And we get on fire enough that you would leave this place tonight and tomorrow you're going to make it your purpose to find one person, just one, to find one person and share Jesus with them and bring them back next Wednesday night. What do you think will happen? Well, we would double in number, number one. But more importantly than that, we would share the love and the message of the Lord Jesus Christ with. You'll say, Pastor, that's not me. I'm not, I, can't, I can't do that. Why not? Can you talk? Some of you can talk real good. <laughs> we can talk. But what I've found, as I'm, even as, as I'm getting older, that, that it doesn't take long, Brother Larry, to work a conversation up and put the Lord in it. I mean, we can talk about the goodness of God anytime and every time. Yeah. I can go to Walmart and just be checking out in line and talk about the goodness of the Lord. Matter of fact, I was standing at the, over the gym this morning. We, we fed the BLI uh, group this morning, and as they were standing there and they was getting their breakfast, there was this lady that was standing by the drink table, and I just said, how are you doing today? She said, well, I've had better days. I said, yeah, but God is blessing you, isn't he? She said, you know, Pastor, he is. And we just carried on a little conversation. It's easy to bring up the goodness of the Lord. Amen. And so when we're able to do that, we can share the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we can't be the church that the Lord wants us to be without that unity and the cooperation of people working together and coming together for the single purpose of glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, you think about friends. You think about friends. There's some friends that you just feel better when they're around. Have you ever noticed that? Now, let me just be personal with you a little bit, and, and I don't mean to leave anybody else, but one of my closest best friends even before we were dating was my wife, Karen. She became my friend before we, we even started dating. And we, we'd go out at, at school, and we would eat lunch together, and we would, we would share stories together. You've heard me say this before, and I, you know, I feel sort of bad about this right now. And uh, at the time, I didn't see nothing about it. It wasn't too bad, Lisa. But I would talk to Karen about my girlfriends, not knowing that she liked me. You know, And I'd just share with her all about them dates and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. You know, you know, that sort of thing. I didn't know. I was just, she was just my good friend. So as a good friend, I could tell her anything. And I knew that it wouldn't get back to me. That's what I'm talking about. There's some friends that you just feel better when they are around. When you feel better when they're around, it, it, you, it, it, makes, it makes it more comfortable, I should say. You, you, feel, you feel like everything's at ease when they're around. You feel like things are, are able to be accomplished when they're around. You know, there are just some friends that way. This guy that I can't pronounce his name, or a, this, this, that guy. When you, when, you, when you look at this guy closely, you find that he appears, even with Paul, when Paul is going through his toughest moments. When he's going through his toughest moments, this guy would be considered not a fair-weathered friend. He's not just somebody that'll stick with you when you're doing good, in other words. He's not just somebody that'll stay with you when you've got money in the bank. He's... He's not just somebody that, that'll be all right when you got food on the table and everything's going to be all right for him. He, he, he's, he stuck with Paul during his toughest moments, but he's faithful no matter what comes. In prison with Paul in verse number 10, 
When you look at number Acts, Acts chapter 19, he was, he, was, he was in Ephesus when the riots was going on with Paul. This guy was there with the apostle Paul. When you look down in chapter 27, verse 2, he was shipwrecked with Paul. So he had been around the block, if you will, with the apostle Paul. There's another guy that we talk about a lot in the New Testament called, called John Mark that was, that, was, that was with Paul. Now, you know, some of you think, well, that, that would be a surprise because didn't, they, didn't Paul and John Mark get into it? Yeah, they did. Matter of fact, they got into it pretty hot and heavy and caused them to, you know, get away from one another. Paul said, get it, you know, uh, you know uh, get, it, get away from me. But later on in Scripture, we find out that whatever happened at some point in time, Paul says, bring John Mark because he is profitable for the kingdom. There were forgiveness that was going on. He understood what this guy was going through then. He understood that there were some, there were some issues there. This was, this was a restored friendship. But in this time, this relationship was mended, and Mark is tabbed as a valuable asset to the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy. There's another guy that doesn't mention, doesn't say a whole lot about. His name was Justice. Not, not, not a whole lot is known of this guy. He's both a Jewish and, a, and has a, he has both a Jewish and a Gentile name. But he's a rare Jewish convert of Paul's. But he represents those friends that may not be known very well, but he was known enough to mention his name. Now, there's, there's some, there was a powerful statement right there. He was known enough. He don't, you don't hear a whole lot about justice in the Bible, but he was mentioned enough, so he'd done enough to Paul that would cause him to mention his name by being the friend. There's another guy by the name of Luke. Here's this, this other friend, a professional, uses his talents for the Lord's work, a doctor, a historian, a writer, a comfort to the Apostle Paul. He spent a lot of time, he spent a lot of time working and being with the Apostle Paul. There's a guy in, in verse 14 by the name of Demas that the Bible mentions. About. He, here he is with Paul. But he's a reminder of those who are dear friends at, at one time. Now, here's, here's some friends that you may or may not like. This guy, Demas, here, he was, he was dear friends at one moment. But later, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, he sort of turned his back on the Apostle Paul. He was, he was one of those fair-weathered kind of friends. You ever had those kind of friends? That when the going got tough, they, they, they didn't hang around you. When the going got rough, they sort, of, they sort of left you. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about that we as God's people, we, we have to realize the importance, and Paul was trying to teach us here, the importance of us coming together in cooperation and unity with one another. To keep the love going that we need with one another. Are we going to agree all the time with one another? Probably not, because we're, we're made up differently. There's music that you like that I probably don't like. There's music I like you probably don't like. There's colors that you just, you just think that every color ought to be that color. But there's colors I may not even like your color. You know what I'm saying? We, there, there's a difference in us. But what, what, what holds us together is the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ died for us. What holds us together is the fact that he shed his blood that we might have a life and might have it more abundantly. What holds us together is the fact that there's coming a day that he's coming back after his church. What holds us together is the fact that there's coming a day that those of us that are blood-bought is going to be reunited with the Lord. Amen. Amen. There's coming a day of what holds us together that the Bible says those that has died in Christ is one day going to get up out of the tomb. And then we which are alive and remain is going to be caught up together with Him in the air. It could be mama or daddy or daughter or son or grandma or grandpa or friend or whoever it may be. But I'm going to tell you, there's coming a day there's going to be a glad reunion day. Amen. God's people is going to come together. There's going to be unity. There's going to be love. 
And he's going to bring us back to this place. Do you understand that this place that you and I are at, this home, you, you have an address, I know that, but that's not your final home. That's not your final home. There's nothing wrong with you taking care of your house. There's nothing wrong with you taking care of your yard. There's nothing wrong with trying to make improvements and all those kind of things. But listen to me. If you're trying to, if you're trying to make improvements to the fact that you feel like you're going to be there the rest of your life, you, you've missed something here. All right? Uh -uh. He's preparing the place for you. He has prepared the place for you. And, and the only reason that I could think, Brother Keith, that he hadn't come back after the church yet, it may be that he's still working on your cabin, I don't know, or your mansion. <laughs> or it may be mine. I didn't mean to say cabin. <laughs> you got camping on my brain. Somebody was talking to me today about camping. But he's preparing the place for us. He's preparing a place for, for us. And so all of these friends here in this, in this chapter 4 that Paul was talking about, and many, many of you know that you, you've, got, you've got a great friend. You've got a great friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's also in, in verse, eight, verse 16 and verse, uh, verse 18, there's also friends that helps us through their faithfulness. One of the hardest things for a Christian to see is the church. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to see this, is the church not being the church. I've, I've told you this before, but the church is not made up of these, of these walls and this structure and this carpet and the pews. That's not the church. This is a building. This is a place where we've dedicated and where we come together and we, we worship God and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the church. You're the church. You're the church. And you take the church with you everywhere you go. You take the Lord with you everywhere you go. You take the Holy Spirit with you everywhere you go. And so when people see you, what do they see? Do they see where you you know, go to church down here on 4541 East Main, or do they see you as the church? Do they see you as the church? Do they, do they recognize the spirit that lives within you as the Lord's spirit, as, as his guidance each and every day of our life? The hardest thing for us to understand is why is the church not being the church today? Are we just the church by name only? Are we just the church by... By, by this is where our building sits on this piece of property out here. No, 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 it doesn't need to be that way. So we've got to be faithful to look at the Word of God. Faithful to look at the Word of God. Faith to encourage one another. Faith to be that brother or sister that we need to be, to encourage that brother, to encourage that brother. And all through these, many of these names here that, that we've called out were people that took care of, saw to Paul. That was a friend of Paul that he shared the gospel with, that he shared the message, even that he shared uh, being in a shipwreck before, shared, shared being alone, shared being, being hungry, shared those kind of things together, but also shared. Another friend that's not mentioned in here that I'll call out that we like to preach about a lot of times is old Paul and Silas, you remember? They were good buddies. They were friends. They were even friends in jail when times was not so good, when it didn't look real good on the outside, but wrong about midnight, you know, they, they didn't worry about all that other stuff. They just got to singing. I don't know what song they sung, but whatever song it was, it was enough to ring heaven. Whatever song it was, it was enough to get the attention of the Lord. Amen? That the shackles dropped off of them, and not only them, but all the prisoners in there. The prison doors was open, and you, you know the end of the story that the jailer and all of his household was saved because of what took place that day. Friendship. Friendship. Now, Silas could have said, Paul, look what you got us into again. I mean, how many times? I, every time I'm with you, something happens. <laughs> every time I'm with you, you get stoned. 
Every time I'm with you, you ain't got no food to eat. I'm hungry. Every time I'm with you, they strip your clothes and you ain't got, you're naked. I got to bring you a change of clothes all the time. He could have said all kinds of things, but no. It's, it's apparent to me that Paul and Silas and, and many other friends of Paul, they, they, had, they, had, they had walked the walk. They had talked the talk. They had done things. They understood, and they saw the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. They saw the hand. So we've got to, we've got to be an encourager to those, to those individuals that's around us each and every day. All the attacks of the church, all the attacks of the false teachers, it may have taken a, a toll on these guys. And Paul, when he wrote this letter, he just simply wanted the church, I want you to rally around this guy. Rally around, around this guy. He's coming to you. I'm sending him to you. Rally around this guy and encourage him at his work. Encourage him at his work. Have you ever noticed that just from time to time, and I don't know that we're real good at this. Probably we're not. We're not as good as we need to be. Some people are real good at it. But from time to time, there are people in our circle that if we are sensitive enough and our eyes are open enough, that they just need an encouraging word. And when you go to them, and you encourage them and you say something, it's, it's, a, it's remarkable the response that you get. You know, I didn't think nobody even cared about me anymore. I didn't think nobody even noticed what I was going through. And I just want you to let you know I appreciate you coming and putting your hand around me and praying for me and all. I can even send a text sometimes. Have you ever done that? Just send a text to somebody. Maybe the Lord just put on my mind. I just say, hey, just want to let you know I was just praying this morning and God dropped your name in my spirit. And I, I just prayed for you. Don't, that's all I said. Just want to let you know I was thinking about you. And sometimes I'll get back text that long. And they'll, and they'll just open up and say, Pastor, you don't understand everything I've been going through. And when you've done what you've done this morning, it was nothing. Just let them know I prayed for them. But you answered my prayer because I just, I just got through praying, God. I just got through praying. If there's anybody out there that even cares about me, would you just let them contact me? And you say, Pastor, does those things really happen? Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens. That's why it's so important. Don't, don't underestimate when God drops a name in your spirit. You say some, some, some of you has made mistakes. Well, I don't know if that's God or not. That's just me. Well, let me just, add, let me just help you. Who cares if it's you or not? What, what, does it, what does it hurt to encourage somebody? Even if it wasn't God that dropped the name in your spirit. Ain't nothing wrong with encouraging somebody. Now, we're not real good at that sometimes. We miss it, and I miss it all the time. But when it does happen and God drops that name, stop what you're doing. Say that prayer. Encourage those that's around. Don't be, don't be, uh, a lot of times it's sort of like this little, this little cartoon comic strip I saw the other day was one of these guys this, this, uh, of a thief that was wearing this mask, sort of like the Lone Ranger mask, you know. Had this mask on and his gun was pointed to his, to his victim and, and this victim was real scared and real, real frightened and all of that. And he, he said those, those famous words, hey, give me, all, give me all your valuables. And so this guy started stuffing in the sack all of his friends because to him, that was all the valuables he had. He understood what friendship was all about. See, Christianity is all about serving one another. It's all about serving one another, about serving the Savior, serving one another, serving the Lord. Christianity is not about being the Lone Ranger out there somewhere. Christianity is not about you being out there somewhere conquering the world by yourself. No, you can't do it by yourself. Christianity is not out there saying, well, I don't care what the devil brings at me. I can do it all by myself. Well, you try that. See how well that's going to do for you. You've got to have each other. We've got to have one another. Christ is all I need. But we do need help from our friends as well. We know that ultimately he's everything that we need. We know ultimately he's going to give us everything that we need.
We know ultimately he's going to speak the words that we need to hear. But can I tell you, if you didn't, if you didn't know this, that God uses your mouth at times. God uses your feet at times. God uses your hands at times. God uses your tongue at times to be him, right? He uses you. That's what he's called you for. So Christ may be all you need, but he uses you to be a blessing to somebody else. And so Christ is all that we need. But it's going to take more than me, and it's going to take more than you to get the work of Christ done. Amen? It's going to take all of us. Why don't we get on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ and share the message of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere that we go? Share his love everywhere that you go. Well, Pastor, do you mean that, that does that mean that if we're in Walmart and somebody needs prayer, that we have to pray for them in Walmart in front of all them people? Well, sure. What's wrong with that? Does that mean that when you're pumping gas and, and, and you see somebody that, that you feel like is in need? I, you know, I, some of you have heard my story that I told a few years ago about that I, I'm, you know, I, I was praying one day and said, God, put, put, put somebody in my path that I can minister to. You ever prayed that prayer? Put somebody in my path I can minister to. And I got busy that day, head on down to Walmart and got my stuff, and I left my stuff there at the counter. I just ran on out. And about halfway back, I remembered I left my stuff at the counter. So I turned around, and I went back, and I was going to get my stuff. And while I was in there, this lady come up to the checker. She wasn't checking nothing out, but she just come up to the checker. She was bawling and squalling. You could tell she was upset. She had all kinds of problems. And I got my stuff, and I ran on out, and I got in the car, and I come on back to church. About halfway back to church, the Lord said, I thought you wanted me to put somebody in your path. Didn't you just leave somebody? in your path. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said, Lord, don't let me miss it anymore. Help me to, help me to wherever I am, if you lay somebody on my heart, then help me to be willing to be a blessing to them. Now, I'm sure every one of us, I'm not the only one, you've, you've missed it before, right? Don't feel bad. Well, sometimes you do. But don't let that get you down. Just ask forgiveness and just keep on moving forward, amen? And the Lord will continue to put somebody in your path. That's what we're here to do. We're here to serve. Amen? These final greetings of Paul when he went to this church. And I want to just let you know, I love you. I care for you. He may not have said that in his words, but you can hear that in his letter. I care for you. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Keep up the good work. I'm going to send these guys. Read this letter to them. Read these guys not only to you, but, but take it outside the church even. Take it inside the church. Take it outside the church. And share the message. Share this letter with those that you come in contact with. Let them know that they're doing the right thing. Amen? And I can encourage you tonight, this message that we have, this letter that we have, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with everybody else that you're around. Amen? Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for your many blessings tonight, and we are thankful, God, that we have you. I don't know what we would do without you, Lord, but I am thankful that we have you tonight as our Father, as our Savior, as our soon-coming King. I don't want to live one day without the fact of knowing that you're walking side by side with us, God. And in this, this final chapter of, of this letter, the Apostle Paul was encouraging this church to keep on keeping on. And he listed several of his friends and several of his buddies, oh God, that stuck with him, that hung out with him, that took care of him in times of trouble. And God, if we can learn anything from this, help us to understand that we need one another. We need one another. If we're going to evangelize this lost city, oh God, this lost community, it's going to take some time. If we're going to evangelize these people, oh God, that need Jesus, they, need, they do need you. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some finance even. But God, help us to be willing to bend down and to kneel down as I preach Sunday, get down with the bones. Yes, Lord. 
and speak life into those old dry bones. Help us, God, to speak life into the deadness of our society today. And help us to do that not only with our words, but our actions and our deeds as well. When people see us, don't let them just see us. Let them see you working through us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we'll give you thanks in Christ's name. Amen.